0: So Psalm 136, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love is eternal. Give thanks to the God of gods. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. He alone does great wonders. He made the heavens skillfully. He spread the land on the waters. He made the great lights, the sun to rule by day, the moon and stars to rule by night. He struck the firstborn of the Egyptians and brought Israel out from among them. With a strong hand and outstretched arm, he divided the Red Sea. And led Israel through, but hurled Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea. He led his people in the wilderness. He struck down great kings, and slaughtered famous kings. Sihon, king of the Amorites, and Og, king of Bashan. And gave their land as an inheritance. An inheritance to Israel, his servant. He remembered us in our humiliation. And rescued us from our foes. He gives food to every creature. Give thanks to the God of heaven. His love is eternal.
1: Our second reading tonight is a little less interactive. Uh, If you can turn with me to Luke 7 in the Church Bibles, that's on page 950 in your own Bible. You're on your own, I'm afraid. Um, Starting from verse 36 in chapter 7 of Luke. Then one of the Pharisees invited him to eat with him. He entered the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And a woman in the town who was a sinner found out that Jesus was reclining at a table in the Pharisee's house. She brought an alabaster jar of fragrant oil and stood behind him at his feet weeping and began to wash his feet with her tears. She wiped his feet with the hair of her head, kissing them and anointing them with the fragrant oil. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, this man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what kind of woman this is who is touching him. She's a sinner. Jesus replied to him, Simon, I've something to say to you. Teacher, he said, say it. A creditor had two debtors, one owned 500 denarii and the other 50. Since they could not pay it back, he graciously forgave them both. So which, which of them will love him more? Simon answered, I suppose the one who he, he forgave more. You have judged correctly, he told him. Turning to the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house, you gave me no water for my feet, but she with her tears has washed my feet and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but she hasn't stopped kissing my feet since I came in. You didn't anoint my head with olive oil, but she has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven. That's why she loved much. But the one who has forgiven little, loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, who is this man who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
2: I'm just going to pray for us as we come to uh, look at God's word briefly before a time of uh, extended open thanksgiving. Let me pray for us. God, thanks so much for your word that you give us so much to be thankful for in it. You reveal to us how things really are Um, and how things really are in your son is fantastic. Uh, So we pray please, that you'd help us uh, realize and remember that once again this evening as we look at this part of your word. Amen. I don't mean to boast or anything, uh, but I am excellent at uh, grumbling. Uh, Honestly, I'm a star at whinging. Um, Life can be going fantastically. I can still whinge. I'll find something. I really will. Um, I don't want to take all the credit for this. Uh, It it just kind of comes naturally to me, really. It might be because of where I grew up. Um, Australians are pretty good at whinging, aren't we? It's never fair. (sighs) You know, I never quite get what I deserve. Uh, Even in the the sport, we lose to the English, perhaps, the whinging poms. Yeah, whatever. We're like, oh, the pitch was uneven. Oh, the ref was unfair. Oh, they broke the rules. Oh, we love to whinge. And with whinging, uh, there's always this kind of sense of entitlement. You know what I mean? I deserve it to be really good, and it's not, so I whinge. I grumble. And when you're grumbling, you, you really get caught up in this in kind of in your own little world, it's all about me, you know, and it's ugly, isn't it? Do you know a perpetual grumbler, maybe at work or something? It's ugly, isn't it? Just this self-absorbed kind of obsession. It's ugly on the inside and on, uh, on the outside, sorry, and on the inside, it's unhappy, isn't it? When you, when you grumble, you're not happy. You don't know joyful grumblers, do you? They're kind of mutually exclusive. Well, friends, God doesn't want you and I to be grumblers. He's not good for us. It's not His will for us. He's got a powerful tool for us to get out of that kind of place, to get out of that ugly and unhappy place. He's got a tool called the practice of thanksgiving. Probably no surprise given tonight. Uh, but isn't thanksgiving totally the opposite to grumbling? You know, when grumbling kind of forces you into your own little world, it's all about me. Thanksgiving forces you to look outside of yourself, and recognize that person did something for my good, and they didn't have to. Thanksgiving turns us inside out. It turns out inside out is the right way around, though, doesn't it? Because Thanksgiving is good for us. Even the scientists agree, actually, a study, the University of Pennsylvania did this study, and they found that uh, Thanksgiving is good for your health. Uh, it makes you more resilient. It's better for your relationships. In fact, it's the best positive psychological treatment for, to increase happiness. And so it's no surprise that our good God commands us to be thankful. 1 Thessalonians five eighteen, he says, Give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So tonight, I don't want to pull out the stick and say, stop grumbling. That's not the idea. I want to invite us, remind us, encourage us to take hold of this great tool of God's called thanksgiving. That our hearts might be set free from the unhappy, ugly place of grumbling. And am going to do that by looking at... Uh, Psalm 136. Going to look at just three uh, encouragements from that uh, passage. So please uh, turn to page five, six, seven. Psalm 136. If you're not there already, and we're going to read verses four to nine. Psalm 136, beginning verse four. He alone does great wonders. His love is eternal. He made the heavens skillfully. His love is eternal. He spread the land on the waters. His love is eternal. He made the great lights. His love is eternal. The sun to rule by day. His love is eternal. The moon and stars to rule the night. So the first thing this psalmist wants to give thanks for is creation. God's creation is pretty good, right? Um, It's kind of just the sheer size of it, the, the heavens, the beauty of it. That's what the psalmist is focusing on here, that the heavens. But it's equally true of the microscopic, isn't it? It's amazing, the complexity and the beauty. And then everything in between the heavens and the microscopic, the everyday. I had one of those beautiful days of creation this year. It was quite a while ago uh, in autumn. Um, but I, uh, I I still remember it. <laughs> I ran over to Clontarf Beach, and I didn't die, which was you know, a good way to begin the Thanksgiving. Um, but I was really hot, so I just just dived into the beautiful water that was there and just floated there for ages, looking up at the clouds and the bush and the harbour, just hearing dogs barking and kids playing. And eventually I waded out and climbed the rocks for a while, as I like to do, and went home and and, uh, enjoyed a beautiful dinner with my family and friends. And I just thought, that's beautiful, isn't it? This is creation at its best. And what does the psalmist say about the beauty of creation. He says this, his love is eternal. You probably caught that as we went along. The beauty of God's creation is a gift of his eternal love. He didn't have to do it at all. He didn't have to create. He didn't have to make it lovely. Food doesn't have to taste good, you know. In fact, because of our sin, our creation probably should be a whole lot worse than it actually is, shouldn't it? And yet, like uh, that, that masterpiece which has been vandalized, you can still see such beauty in our world. And we should thank God for it, shouldn't we? He didn't have to do it, but it is so good. You know, the beautiful summer, sun, su- summer's day when the warmth of the, the sun, the cool of the rain, the smell of freshly ground coffee beans... I do like that smell, though I hate coffee. You know, the feeling of just the hot shower on the back of your neck on a cold day. These are beautiful gifts of creation. And more than that, they are gifts of God's eternal love. And so, brothers and sisters, can we turn outside of ourselves? Recognize, think, what has God given me this year in creation that I should thank him for? What is it? What have you enjoyed this year from God's bountiful goodness? In just a moment, you'll get a chance to, to call that out um, after this. The psalmist then moves from the, the thank, being thankful for creation to moving on to redemption or salvation. So read with me now uh, from verse 10. I might skip out the uh, his love is eternal bits. You get the idea though. Yeah, good. Okay. He struck the firstborn of the Egyptians and brought Israel out from among them with a strong hand and an outstretched arm. He divided the Red Sea and led Israel through. He hurled Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea. He led his people in the wilderness. He struck down great kings and slaughtered famous kings, Sihon king of the Amorites and Og king of Bashan, and gave their land as an inheritance, an inheritance to Israel his servant. He remembered us in our our humiliation and rescued us from our foes. So the psalmist is sort of tracking uh, what God did for his people Israel about the 2000 BC in rescuing them out of slavery in Egypt, bringing them through the wilderness, and then giving them this wonderful inheritance. None of that was necessary. None of that was deserved. His love is eternal. And friends, how much more is this, is this thankfulness? Appropriate for us. Because just like Israel, who were slaves in Egypt, miserable, mistreated, you and I were slaves to sin and death and Satan. You know, sin kind of enslaved us to ourselves. And it's miserable, right? Sin is a bad master. We were kind of living this life of just grumbling along to the point of death. Happy times. But then... This is amazing grace. Our Lord Jesus stepped in, lived the life that we could never live on our behalf, died for us and gave us new life. His spirit brought us to God, brought God to us, brought us life and truth and freedom and hope and peace and a future and inheritance that can never be taken from us. And did you Did I, did we deserve it? Not at all. This is amazing grace. Friends, if we're not thankful for this, we just don't get it. We're like Simon the Pharisee in Luke 7. When we ought to be like the woman in Luke 7, who was so bowled over by God's grace to her in the Lord Jesus, his forgiveness that she just couldn't say thank you enough. In fact, the New Testament goes on to say that that, we should add, that for Christians, thankfulness should be the spice that flavors everything. Kind of like chili should be the spice that flavors every Thai dish. It may not be, but it should be. So, so Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, which should come up on the screen. Whatever you do, Whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Why? Why are you always thankful? Well, it comes earlier in the letter, chapter 1, verse 22, 21 and 22, sorry. Once you were alienated from God, hostile in your minds towards him because of your evil actions, but now... He has reconciled you to himself by his physical body through his death to present you holy, faultless, and blameless before him. Did you know that was you? Blameless before God. No one can chuck anything at you that will stick before God. No shame. And then, and then Paul goes on. To, this is one of my favorite verses. Chapter, uh, 1 verse 27. God wanted to make known among the Gentiles the glorious wealth of this gospel mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We have Christ in us, the hope of glory. It's the glorious riches of this message. For as I said at the beginning, that thanks in, when we're thankful, we, we're kind of saying, that is a good thing you've done for me and I didn't really deserve it. You didn't have to do it. How, much, how appropriate is thankfulness in the face of this gospel? So good what he's done for us. So undeserved. Thank you, Jesus. But there's just one more area that the psalmist goes to to remind us to be thankful. It's more basic. The psalm actually thanks God for being who he is. So let's look there one last time, verses 1 to 3. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love is eternal. Give thanks to the God of gods. His love is eternal. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His love is eternal. I've been finding myself doing this more and more recently, um, just kind of thanking God for who he is, just... Kind of captivated by his character. Because he doesn't have to be who he is. He doesn't have to be good. He could be a monster, right? But what does the psalm say is his key characteristic? Love, that's exactly, I hope you didn't miss it. Eternal love. That God loved us when he created the land and sea. And, and it was by love that he, he created you and me. It was love that he set Israel free and it was by love that he sent the Lord Jesus to live and die and rise again to set you free. He loved you yesterday. He loved you this this year. He loved you today. He will love you tomorrow. He will love you into all of eternity because that's who he is. Give thanks to the Lord our God. His love is eternal Friends, we have very little reason to grumble, do we? Very little reason. We have every reason to be thankful. So let's turn outwards, out of ourselves, and recognize in Jesus that we have such good at His hand and be thankful. We're going to do that in just a moment, uh, this open mic. But I want to say this needs to be something for all of life. And so, and so because we're creatures who kind of naturally grumble, and because we're creatures of habit, I want to encourage you to build into your life the practice of thankfulness. You know, kind of the discipline of being thankful. So I've been trying to do this in the last two weeks. Let me give you a few thoughts of what I've been doing. When I pray with the kids before bed, I ask them one thing they're thankful for. Before I go to sleep, I try to think of five things that I'm thankful to God for and pray those things. I'm trying to be thankful to people. Every time someone serves me in a shop or a cafe, I try to remember to say thank you. Actually, focus, thank you. I've got a little note on my calendar now to to write a thank you card or email to someone every Monday morning to practice being thankful. Look outside myself. We say grace. Do you say grace? I say none of these things to be a legalist. You know, you must keep these rules. Friends, thankfulness, is a powerful tool to set your heart free out of grumbling and into thankfulness.